is more of you, more understanding, more revelation of you. I thank you, Lord, for times of intimacy where you draw us in, that your heart's desire is that we see who you are. We understand that it's your goodness that draws us, that leads us to repentance. It's your goodness that leads us to change our mind about who you are, about who we are. It's your goodness, Lord. Ah. God, today we embrace that goodness that was poured out on us because of Jesus and his love. We embrace that goodness, Lord. know what that looks like to not just know about you but to know you so God we thank you for an opportunity today even in worship to hear your heart for us wow Just we're still and know that you're God. <laughs> mm. Wow, wow, wow. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. part of what was happening today in terms of under, understanding Father is that I do think that there is uh, something to be said about the different the Father, Son, Holy Spirit and kind of the roles. You know, none of us would have come to the Son except the Father drew us, right? That's right. And, um, you know, <coughs> it's one thing to feel that you're loved by a God with whom you don't have relationship. You know how other kids, you can love on other people's kids because you're not really necessarily, you don't know all the stuff that's going on. You can love on other people because you really don't know all the behind the scenes, right? And I think really a lot of us approach God that way. You know, that we're just kind of this, he loves me, I'm this awful human being, but he loves me instead of that. But there's a real difference when you see him as father and he loves you as a son or a daughter. And he knows all that stuff. And he's the one that's redeemed us, made us a new creation. And as we set our eyes on him, we're renewed and we find those things are changing. But just know that he loves you like a father with love that understands it has nothing to do with all of those things. He loved you before you even came to him. And that hasn't changed, right? So we're moving closer and closer and so just know Papa loves you. Amen. I really don't even know how to follow that. I'm just saying. His presence is so sweet. And so many times we... Um, feel like there's something we've got to do even when we gather together on Sundays we've got to do certain things because that's what people do at church <laughs> and uh, wow 
He's just good. It's who he is. It's not what he does, it's who he is. And sometimes because of circumstances or opportunities, <laughs> we fail to see he's good. But it's who he is. <laughs> not what he does, it's who he is. And as, as we set our eyes on him, we see more and more of his goodness, of his beauty, of his glory. You know, my passion is not to just be another Christian. It's not to just do what society said, this is what Christians do and this is how they look. But to live in a way that's even awkward to the world. I believe that's our high calling. To be weird. Not weird for the sake of weird. Not weird because we make people feel awkward because we're being weird. <laughs> and there are those that do that. I've been around them. But I don't judge their heart because that's between them and the Lord. But I know the more that I see him, the more I stare at him, the more I lose sight of me. And, uh, you know, just when uh, in the beginning when Mel said, I'm not going to play, I'm going to have Todd cross his chicken line. <laughs> you know, a boldness rose up on the inside of me that I didn't even care. <laughs> I'd have probably stood up here and chucked like cluck like a chicken if that was what not to to listen to me not to look like a fool but to be so consumed with him i am 100 percent convinced that in first corinthians when paul said i die daily it wasn't this masochistic lifestyle that he lived that every day he got up and he said well i gotta kill me I think it was this, that Paul every day got up and he looked hard at who Jesus is and a little more of him died. Him what? His old nature? No, that died when he came in relationship with Jesus. What died is that mindset of how he saw himself. You think Paul had any struggles that he had to overcome? The man that Stephen was stoned, they, the people who stoned Stephen laid their coats at his feet. He wasn't just a casual religious person. He was a persecutor of the church. Saul. You know what's so awesome? It's the Lord wrote the Bible to line up with my preaching. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Is that we look at Saul... And what transformed Saul's life on that road to Damascus? He saw a light. It was a light so bright that he was blinded. So much so that someone had to take him and lead him by hand. It was that light when he saw the glory and the beauty of God. That was what it had to take for him to be able to move past who he had been. Because what you have to understand, Saul did not persecute the church because he hated the church. He persecuted the church because he had such a zeal for God. He had such a passion for God that he thought that those who were of the way were in the way and needed to be removed. And that's why he went to great lengths. He went to the, the leaders of his day and he acquired... See, Saul wasn't just on this vigilante rampage. He had... Papers. He was verifiable. 
He had papers to do what he was doing. And he went about. Anyone who named the name of the Lord, they were killed if they got in Saul's way. But God. Man, we ought to thank the Lord for conjunctions. (laughs) Because in them, it's where God steps in. And Saul, the persecutor of the church, becomes Paul, the writer of two-thirds of the books in the New Testament. The same man. And I believe when Paul said, I die daily, it wasn't that Paul got up every morning and said, I'm just an old worm. I'm worthless and useless and I just have to die today. I think it was that every day Paul got up and he stared at the sun. As he stared at the sun, the Lord Jesus Christ, a little more of that mindset, a little more of that haunting died because he realized. You know, I think that's proven out even when Peter makes the statement in the New Testament that the the writings and the sayings of Paul are hard. Peter said, look, I walked with Jesus, and some of the things that Paul said, they're just hard for me to wrap my mind around. In reality, I truly believe that this, the, the message of the gospel and what it looks like, it was what was revealed through Paul. Peter, James, and John, the twelve that walked with Jesus, saw, the, saw it in the flesh, but Paul, through his encounter with the Lord, had revelation of what that looked like in shoe leather. And that's why Paul could boldly say, I'm telling you this, if anybody preaches any gospel other than this one, let him be accursed. Again, I say to you, if any man, whether it be an angel or whoever, preaches any gospel other than that which you've heard me preach, who's he saying? See, we want to say he's talking to the religious leader. Did he say if any religious leader say that? No, he said any man. Guess who's lumped in there? The 10, the 12 that walked with Jesus. Peter, James, and John that was up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Right? He said, any man preach any gospel other than this one, let him be accursed. Why? Because Paul knew on that road when he met Jesus, he said he was a scholar of the scholars. So here's the thing. He understood the law. He understood what it was to be under the law and to follow the law. Because he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. But, when he had an encounter with the sun, it changed the way he saw everything. It changed the way first that he saw himself. Because he came out with boldness. And really, if you think about it, if anybody had a right to come out sheepishly and feel like they needed to prove themselves, it would be Paul. Because what he came from. Because his track record, if you will. But he said, I have an understanding of the man I met. (laughs) And here's what I know. Philippians, I forget what's behind me. And I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I won't look back. Because here's the reality of looking back. No matter how much you look back there, it's still there and it's not changing. But as we look forward and we look at him, Life, his life, is released into us. As we look into him, we stop seeing so much of us. And what I mean by that is we are not so consumed with me that we can't be obedient. Because many times obedient looks very differently. Uh, and what the Lord is saying right now. See, that's what's so awesome about this relationship with him. He's not a, a God who has spoken. He's a God who is speaking. <laughs> and when we reduce him to a God who has spoken, what we do is we remove intimacy and relationship from that. And then all we have is what religion is called that blessed hope. 
and that glorious appearing. And I'm not making light of Scripture. That's what it says. There is a blessed hope and a glorious appearing when Christ will return. But until then, he said that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus the Lord. Until then, he said the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Does that mean that we get it right all the time, that we never miss it? And when we pray for folks, we never miss it. And when we walk with him, absolutely not. But what it means is this. When we fall, we fall forwards. We don't fall back. Because we're pursuing the one who pursued us. I think that that is a revelation that that Paul had that I'm pressing in to know him. And it's, it's then that he wrote, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think according to the power that's where? At work in us. He didn't just say God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all. He said above all we ask or think according to the power that's at work. I get I think you could say it this way, according to the revelation of his power that's at work on the inside of us. Mark chapter 4, verse 24 says this, just to lay the foundation says, and he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. He said, the measure of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear. This is Jesus speaking. The measure of thought and study equals the measure of virtue and knowledge. And the word virtue there is power. The power and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you. Jesus is wanting us to understand that as we set our gaze on him, that it's not just gaining a truth. It's not just gaining knowledge so that we can tell people about God, but it's growing in intimacy and relationship with him. And as we grow in that, the power of God that's already in us, because Ephesians says the power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. So as we know that, it's then that it's released through us. That's what, that's uh, 2 Peter 1, 2 and 3. That's what it talks about. That, that, uh, that, let me just read it. Instead of that, that, Let's just start with verse 1. It's good enough to do it. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus, the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Just say la that a minute. Say la in Psalms. It means to meditate on these things. What is Peter saying? Those who have obtained like Precious faith. Like precious faith. Who is this talking? Peter. The man who walked on water. Peter. The man at the gate beautiful. Said silver and gold have we none but such as we have. Give us unto thee. Rise up and walk. Peter said you have obtained. That you have. You possess like precious faith. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Uh, Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. How does lust come in? James says it this way. 
James 1, 13 through 15 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Verse 14, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So Peter says this, We've been that uh, we have partakers of his divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. James says this, when one is drawn into lust, it's when they set their attention on something that's not him. You know, last week I shared this. I spoke about staring at the sun. And I guess you could call today's message still staring. Because as we stare at the sun, I, I said last week, I said, you know, I wish the, uh, talking about the parables that there would have been three soils instead of four because that would have gone along better with my preaching. Well, Tish called me Tuesday night. She was on her way to school and she was listening to the podcast from the church and she said, I had to call you. She said, because I'm riding up the road and right in front of me is, guess what? I said, the sun. She said, yeah, so I'm riding up the road. The sun's right. I'm staring at the sun and I'm listening to the podcast. And she said, you know what? There were four. It does line up. And I said, see, you should have been here to correct me. She said, there are those who won't even look at the sun. Because we talked about the three, those that look briefly and it's like a sunburn, then those that look a little deeper and it can affect the retina, and then those who look and they just get blinded and they never see the same again. But there are those who just don't look. They don't look at the sun. And you know, that's where we have the privilege, hear me out, to be the sun in their lives. Not their savior, but a representation of Jesus in the flesh. (laughs) That's a good word right there. So if the devil's told you you have no value, he's a lie. That's who he is and that's what he does. He's just a liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. That's who he is. He's a liar. And what he wants to do is draw our attention into the lie. I mean, really, isn't that what happened in, uh, in the garden? Yep, that's what happened in the garden. He drew them into a lie. That's exactly why. He had no authority nor power to overtake them. And if that's true of them, how much more of us who have a better covenant established upon better principles is what a promise is, is what Hebrew says. So the only... Uh, inroad that he had was that of deception and that's what he's that's what he tries to do in our lives today is to deceive us and here's one of the greatest deceptions if he can get your eyes off of jesus and on you you're deceived and what i mean by that is this because what happens when we begin to start why paul i believe said i die daily is because anytime we set our attention on us we fail to see the great price and liberty that's been given to us through christ that great freedom that came through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And see, it's not just... See, I am a bit frustrated with the mentality is that I need God, but God doesn't need me. That's a deception straight out of the pit of hell. Because look at your neighbor and say, you're all he has to work with. (laughs) Now see, if you said it like this... You're all he has to work with. That just identified where you are. I intentionally said it monotone. But if you looked at your neighbor and said, you're all he has to work with in a good way? Come on, man. That's awesome. What did you say, honey? My wife is Todd. <laughs> My name is Todd. (laughs) I don't think there's enough room but one for one Todd in this world. I'm just saying. Some things, sure, there's enough room for one, but that's all good. Man, 
You know, I guess the real famous scripture that just really solidifies this in my heart is Matthew 6, 33. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all these things. And if you study there in context, what's going on is they're, they're worried about natural provision and things like that. But he's saying as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that's so crucial right there. Whose righteousness? His righteousness. When our attention is on his righteousness, it's not on my good works or my behavior. It's on his righteousness. And here's what I know. That as we focus on his righteousness, it always affects our behavior. <laughs> Instead of trying to correct our behavior, if we focus on him who is truth, it always affects our behavior. You know, as I was continuing to, to really look at this and pray about it and prepare for this week, uh, Bill Frayne had sent me an email along these lines, and the Lord just, I just continued to meditate about it. But the reason it's so important for us to stare at the Son is because that's what the Father's doing. So it's a good place to meet Him in the Son. Because the Bible says in, in 1 John, as He is, so are we in this earth. First, I mean, in Ephesians chapter 1, it says that we're accepted in the beloved. So when the Father sees us, he sees us in the Son. So when we set our eyes on the Son, we're just looking at the same thing the Father is. And I think that kind of falls in line with Jesus in John 5 when he said, I only do what I see my Father doing. See, the reality is this, as we... Press into him and to see our desire is to see him. Then we see what he sees. We see what he's saying. And then we do. And this, the more we see him, the less that we pay attention to that old mindset that gives us limitations. That old mindset that, that uh, gives distractions. And we focus on him. And the reality is this. He's the one who gets the glory. Our obedience is not that we pat ourselves on the back. Although the Lord is not uh, afraid of somebody honoring you because of him in you. And we get scared of that. Now, I'm not talking about taking the, the Lord's glory. That's not what I'm saying at all. But a lie of the enemy is if someone says, man, I just want you to know. And I heard Andrew Wemmick say this. It was so cool. Somebody comes up in mail and says, man, I just want you to know that God has so blessed you with a voice and we're so, you bless us so much. And uh, Mel, in what religion is called humility could, humility, could say, oh, no, it's not me. It's just the Lord. Andrew Womack said somebody told him that. And they said, no, if it was the Lord, it would be a lot better. But what you do is good. <laughs> If it was all the Lord, it'd be a whole lot better, but what you do is good. But you know what? As we yield ourselves, he, he continues to lift us up and up and up. And I, I'm just going to say it. I've said it in private. I'll say it in public. I am, we're so blessed with the team, the worship team that we have. I mean, there are, yeah, amen. There are ministries much, much, much bigger than ours that do not have the same, not just gifting, but heart and anointing that we have here. And uh, I was talking to Tina last night about Mel and just the anointing that she walks in and how she and John and I have talked about it. When she took over as worship leader, she just, she didn't take a step. Man, she took off like a rocket just in sensitivity to the Lord, not that she wasn't in direction and clarity and just leadership. I mean, it's just, and Mel, I'm so honored to have you and to serve with you. I mean that. Uh, our team that, that worships here together, we are just blessed. Yesterday, uh, we were singing. I wasn't. I was working with Sam. 
That was singing in my heart. Uh, they, were, they were singing. And uh, what is so cool about this that we've put together is uh, Mel and John and Marty from our team and then Pastor Bruce Ritter from Christian Life Assembly who is uh, on the other end of 100 coming into Gibsonville and his youth pastor, Chris. Uh, what's Chris' last name? Smith. And uh, they played together. This is the second time that we've done it, uh, both times in Gibsonville. The first time someone came up to me when they were practicing, they hadn't even started yet, and they said, hey, does this group have a CD? And I said, not yet. <laughs> and then yesterday, we had several people comment uh, about it, how much they were blessed and how much they enjoyed it, but we had... One woman came up, and it was so cool that we did the second set in that little window that we had because Mel said, I said, are we going to do it? Are we going to take a break? And she said, well, the weather doesn't look good. Let's do it because we might not get to worship during that last one. And that was prophetic because right after we finished, I mean, it, that's when Marty started doing this, right after we finished. And, uh, but as we were singing that last little 30-minute set, a woman came up and said, what's the name of the group? And I said, well... It's, it's really not a group. Uh, it's a group, but it's, it's two churches that came together and worshiped together. Well, do y'all have a website that tells where you're going to be next? <laughs> and not yet. <laughs> so, and I say that to say, you know what? As you just give opportunity for the Lord to show off who he is, people are are ministered to. And it was such an honor for us to be there. Where we were was called stage two. There was the main stage, and then we had really the street. We didn't have a stage. We had a street. But what's so awesome about that is uh, someone who's visited the church here uh, uh, several times was there, and they came up, and they said, we just want you to know this was the Lord that you're down here on this end. They said, because even the main stage, right down from the main stage, this guy's got karaoke set up, and he had speakers bigger than what was on the main stage. And he said, you can hear karaoke, and then down past him, there's the wrestlers, and you can hear them. And they said, up here, you're, you're just set apart, and that there's no distraction. And I said, come on. That's just the Lord. When, when others would say, well, you're on stage. The second stage, you're not on the first stage. The Lord says, no, that's first for me because I've got you away from the distractions. Come on. That's a word for somebody right there. And as we uh, worship, Bobby was sitting, eating lunch yesterday and someone, some people were talking and uh, Bobby started talking with them and they, he was, they were asking about why he was there and stuff and he told that we were, we were doing worship down on the end, and the lady said, man, I heard that when we walked up. As we were walking up from away, we heard it, and I listened. I told my husband, I said, man, that's Christian music being played at the Fall Festival in Gibsonville. You know why? Because we're believing God for the city. Last week I was praying. It was just broken. I just broken before the Lord, and I said, God, thank you. We're trusting us with Gibsonville. And some people would say, what is Gibsonville? Man, it's a blip. It's not even a blip on the map. If you don't get off a a 40 intentionally, you won't even know it's there. But God trusted us with it. And what is so cool is uh, Bruce, Pastor Bruce and I were talking yesterday. And one of the things that he said, he said, man, I've been intentional. But every time I come in the city... Every time I enter the city, I say, thank you, God, that you've given us the city, and it's for your honor and your glory. And he said, it's not a coincidence that you're at one gate and we're at the other. And I said, amen. I said, I'm believing it, brother. He, he said, I'm just telling you that my heart is that Gibsonville is going to be a place that's known for the presence and the power of God. Amen. And I tell you, write it down, I'll sign it. Not because of our works but because we're looking at the one who's worthy and he's bigger than Gibsonville but you know what they said can anything good come out of Nazareth 
And I say that it did. His name is Jesus. And he totally changed the world. And I believe as we set our eyes and our heart on him, the same thing can happen in us and through us, that we can see a city transformed. He, he's a God who desires to do exceeding abundantly above. All, I just quoted that. All that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna cl- to start shutting this thing down. That is how I chose my words carefully. <laughs> I want to share a testimony. We, we did our first outreach in, uh, in the depot, down in the depot, uh, in downtown Gibsonville. And we borrowed a sound system, and it worked well after we prayed in the spirit over it. <laughs> and Bob, Bobby pulled all his hair out. That's what's wrong with Bobby now. He pulled all his hair out at that. I'm <laughs> just kidding. And, uh, and I just began to pray, Lord, we feel like this is something you want us to do. Males always saying, just, let's just go outside and worship. Let's be outside and worship. So I'm a worshiper. I, I don't know if that's to the advantage or fault of the church, but, uh, deficit of the church. But anyway, I began to pray and say, all right, Lord, if this is something that you're opening the door for us, and not just that, but Mark, who, who plays our bass, I've told him a long time ago, I said, you're not Mark the bass player. You're Mark the son of God a son of God who has a call on his life. He is an outreach pastor. He has a heart to be in the street sharing and ministering. And uh, I told him, I said, I told him some time ago, I said, you're done hiding behind the base. And when we had that first one in, uh, at the depot, he came up and his eyes was all big and he said, Pastor, I'm just going to tell you, boy, that stirred me up to see the people there. I'm telling you, God is doing something so much bigger than we can wrap our minds around. That's why he's constantly telling us, like John prophesied over me, kick the boards off. I've had you in a safe, controlled environment so you didn't hurt yourself (laughs) or anyone else. (laughs) But now I'm kicking the boards off because I want you to live outside of the limits. So we began to pray on Friday, a week and a half, not this past Friday, but Friday before, I was on the phone with Bobby, and I was looking, and I, and I knew that it wasn't wisdom to spend two to $3,000 to purchase a system that we might use a few times. So I just began to pray, God, if this is you, then you can, you can open doors and you can do things because you're good with that. So I just began to pray, and I talked to Bobby, and I said, Bobby, here's what I'm looking at. Here's a part of a system I've looked at. I don't know exactly what's in it. Here's part of a system I looked at, took a picture, showed it to him, and said, don't you think that for about $1,000, we can get into a portable system that'll work when we go and we set up and things like that? He said, I think we could for about $1,000. We'll have to get some great deals, but we can do it if we look at use, a used system. So I said, all right. About $1,000. I said, I can swing that. I got a leadership meeting coming up. I can swing it. <laughs> I can swing $1,000. It's not like that. I'm just playing. But I said, I wasn't off the phone with Bobby anytime, and the family in the church called and said, uh, can we meet you? And I said, yeah. They said, we have, a, we have something the Lord has blessed us with, and we want to give you. And uh, so I, I met with them, and they said, normally when the Lord does this, there's a, there's a purpose that he's doing something, and he just blesses us, and we just pass that thing on. And so we want to give you this check for $1,000. I said, just so happens that I was on the phone earlier today. And so I told them the story, and they were excited, and I was excited because before we made the first purchase, the the provision was there. That's just part of it. So the system, the first part of the system that we purchased uh, was from a man who used to use it, is no longer using it. And uh, just in road cases, and what a road case is is a hard case is wood and metal that you put your equipment in so if you move it around a lot it doesn't get beat up and torn up just the road cases alone that we got are worth 550 dollars street value we paid 600 dollars for the system with the snake we handled snakes yesterday in gibsonville <laughs> it wasn't snakes it was just one big hundred foot snake that we were handling <laughs> it's the sound thing anyway uh 
So just the snake I found online for $309, the exact snake that we have. Uh, so the cases, the amps, and everything in that rack, that was part of it. It had a board with it, but it was only an eight-channel board. Marty fills up half of an eight-channel board, <laughs> just Marty, with two keyboards, his kazoo, his mic, his drum machine. <laughs> he could do it, I believe. We could just put a harmonica around his neck, and he'll start playing that while he plays the, <laughs> the keyboard and the drum machine, because <laughs> Marty Mar, he got it going on like that. But anyway, it was an eight-channel board. I said, that's really no good to us, so... You can have it. And I gave him some other things. I offered him $600. He said, sure, I'll take it. He had asked 800 And I said, I think 600 is a good number. <laughs> he said, I do too. But I gave him enough equipment to make up the difference that we weren't needing. So I found another piece of equipment that we need, did need. It was a soundboard. I found it online. And this soundboard new is, depending on where you get it, it's around from 699 to 799 for the board. And it's what controls what you hear. It's what Bobby does back in the corner or when he's out with his iPad. It controls it. So I found one on uh, Craigslist. Now, Stephen is the Craigslist king. He can forever find something free on Craigslist or a pig on Craigslist or something. <laughs> Brother don't go to the market. He goes to Craigslist to buy his pigs. <clears throat> so I'm a Craigslist rookie, but I see the board that I want. And I'm certain... Here's what's so cool. Here's, I'm just saying, I want you to... Sh- Kick the walls out. As you stare at the sun, he changed the way you see things. I'm looking at Craigslist Greensboro. If you know anything about it all, they have it sectioned off. Triad, Greensboro, Raleigh, Durham, things like that. So I'm in Greensboro, and it sends me to a soundboard in Wake Forest. Searching Greensboro. And I know there's the local, and then under the local, it's around you. But this was in the local section, which I don't understand because it's not. It's over an hour, hour and 15, 30 minutes away. So I look at it, and I text the guy. I said, do you have it? And he said, yes. And I asked, would he take, he was asking 515 for it. I said, will you take 450 for it? And he said, yes. So we start texting back and forth. Well, then things got really busy, and I went a couple of days, and I didn't talk to him. So I texted him back on Monday, and I said, do you still have it? And he said, yes. And I said, what's the least you'll take for it? He said, 400. But I don't have a power supply. I said, that's a big but right there. Because with a board, everything, it's, it's literally that. It's a circuit board that has everything uh, soldered to it, and the least little thing can mess it up. And it can be an $800 paperweight, just like that. And uh, so we start talking. I said, well, that makes me nervous. I said, how did you get the board? He said, well, I'll just be honest with you. I said, well, that's a good place. (laughs) Let's stay in that place, and we're good. He said, my wife and I, we buy storage lockers. And he said, we bought a storage locker. And I looked at the case it's in. It was in a road case also. He said, I looked at the case it is in. He said, I told my wife, whatever's in that case will probably pay for this locker. And she said, let's buy the locker. He had no idea what was in the case, but he opened it up, and he still didn't know what it was because he didn't know anything about sound. But what's so cool is he was a Christian. So we start talking, and I say, well, here's what I want to use it for. It's for our church, and we want to use it for outreach. He said, why didn't you tell me it was for a church? And I said, because I believe I'm with a church has been used so much that it's put a bad taste in the world. They think when the church wants something, they're looking for a handout. They always want to talk about being a blessing, but it's to them and not to others. I said, I believe if we handle business with character and integrity, we don't have to tell everybody, I'm a church, I'm a church, I'm a church. And he said, well, with that being said, if it's for a church, man, I want to honor the Lord with this. He said, because to be honest, the storage locker paid for itself before we ever sold this. And we've made money. And I said, well, I started looking, and the power supply was going to cost us around $125, $130 to get it in. And... uh, that was at Bobby's cost. That wasn't retail. That was at wholesale, at dealer cost. And I told him that, and he said, hmm. He said, well, talk to your sound man and call me back and let me know what you decide. So I, I talked to Bobby, and he says, I can get one. Here's what it'll cost, but it'll, we'll have to overnight it to get it here to be able to use it for this weekend. Okay, so I want you to understand my train of thought. I'm already in my mind buying a board. I don't know if it works to use on Saturday. <laughs> so, 
I call the guy back and I say, listen, I said, bro, I just want you to know where I am. And I said, I know you don't understand the board and how it works and everything. He told me that he had a friend who does sound and he came over and plugged it in and the lights came on. I said, that's great that the lights came on, but that doesn't mean it works. You know, it's not a nightlight. It's a soundboard. Lights are pretty, but they don't do what I needed to do. And I said, look, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just going to tell you where I am. I said, because of the, the unknown, I said, I, I have a piece about offering you $200. He said, when we hung up the phone, the Lord told me $200. So we, dad went with me on Wednesday, and we met the brother in Raleigh and, uh, or in Durham and got it. It looked immaculate. It looked really good. But I still, it's like, all right, Lord, I'm just trusting you. I got enough change in my pocket. I believe with the church and leadership, if I make a $200 mistake, we're still good. But I don't want to make a $200 mistake. I believe this is something that you've worked out. So we get it back. Long story longer. Bobby says that the power supply that was supposed to be in California is not there. It's on its way to California. We won't have it in time. So I've got a $200 paperweight. This is a pretty one, but it's not going to run sound for us. But then Bobby says, but I installed this exact board a few years ago at BCA. The exact board four years ago in BCA. And guess what? Has the same power supply. So Bobby calls me on Thursday. And he said, I went to BCA. They're not going to need the board. They said we could borrow the power supply. So Thursday, I was like a kid at Christmas. We were up here, and we were, Bobby had the power supply, and I, we had the sound. We were putting it all together. And Bobby, being the professional that he is, wants to get everything right before we plug it in. Well, look, we don't need this. Let's just pull off. I'm just like, Bobby, let's plug it in. Let's just <laughs> plug it in. There's enough in here that we can plug it in, and we can hear noise. Let's just plug it in. But I'm being good. I'm watching Bobby, and I'm helping Bobby, and I'm just the whole time going, I just want the plug. So I plug it in, and no lights come on. But it's not plugged into the wall. <laughs> so I plug it in, plug it in, cut it on, the lights work, and we went through every channel, every effect, and everything, and it worked like a brand new board. Here's what's awesome. In the board, in the equipment that we need, the amps and, and the things that we need, the speakers that are awesome that came with it. We came with four speakers. The speakers themselves, if we had to go out and buy them, would probably be $1,800 for the speakers. Nothing, not the amps, nothing like that. Um, what we have in that board is exactly $1,000. Coming from all over the place, the Lord brought it together for $1,000. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be, bring so much honor to the king. He is good. He is so good. And he's just looking for us to look to him and give him opportunities to show who he is. So he's the one. It's not Craigslist. It's not me. He's the one who gets honor and glory. Every time we hit that power button and sound comes out and, and Mel and John and the team speak, preach, uh, sings. Uh-oh, man, that's prophetic. Maybe you're starting preaching next, man. <laughs> Mel and John tag team and, and uh, Mark does it or the youth uses it to, to honor the Lord. I look back and I go, he is faithful. And you know what? It's not something that we generate. It's just who he is, and he's looking for people who will look straight at him and allow him to reveal that in them and through them. He's got such a great love for us, and he desires so much to, to manifest that love in and through us to a hurting world around us. And you know what? One way that he did that Saturday was through a sound system that he provided for his honor and his glory. But you know what? It took vessels. So to say God did that all by himself would be a lie. God used a man in Wake Forest. He used a brother in Gibsonville. He used, and, 
And it all came together because we as a church, listen, because we as a church went to a business owner and the Business Association of Gibsonville and said, how can we partner with you? We want to be a blessing. And so the, the foundation for all of this, what opened the door for this, is that we went in and we said, Gibsonville, we want to serve you. We want to bless you. And the woman said, really? And we said, yes. She said, well, here's what that looks like. That looks like 36 volunteers to run the children's uh, the whole children's section of the fall festival because without it, I'm shutting it down. I've got it all ordered, but I don't have the volunteers and I can't get any help. And Tish went in and met with her and, and said, we'll do that. So between the river and Christian Life Assembly, 36 volunteers stepped up and ran the whole children. And it was packed the whole time. Bless you. Just receive right now. Everyone who helped, bless you. Because I'm running sound now, I'm looking at thank you, Jesus, I'm at the soundboard. Thank you, Lord, you're good. You are good. You're good. You're good. Because the kids are running, they're just running around in there. I'm like, Jesus, you're beautiful. You love yourself some Todd. I'm telling you, you love yourself some Todd. So thank you so much for everyone who volunteered. Uh, it was awesome. So bless the community. And I went up to the lady who was over it, and she was so frustrated. I'm going to close, I promise. She was so frustrated. She had told the town that she said, at 4 o'clock, I'm done. I've, I'm turning in my notice. Normally, she's there till 7 o'clock at night, making sure everything gets put up and cleaned up. She said, I've had to do so much by myself, I'm burnt out. I'm done. said, at 4 o'clock, when the clock strikes 4, I don't know who's got the keys, but they ain't me. And I went to see her a couple of times last week just to let her know we had all our volunteers, to let her know uh, that we were there to help her and stuff like that. And I said, I want you to know that I know you said you're stepping down, but should you choose to do it again, I want you to know you got a silent partner. I'd already talked with Bruce. I said, we're here to serve you. She said, well, I told the business owners at our last meeting, our town meeting, that if it wasn't for these churches that came together, not asking anything from us, there's no way this thing would have went off like it did. And I said, well, I want you to know we're here to serve you next year. And she said, I don't know what to say. She said, that's the way it's supposed to be. Not churches serving the city, but people coming together. And she said, well, I've got a replacement until March. Before, she said, I'm done. She said, I got a replacement until March. And I said, well, if you choose, just know you won't go alone. Tish will help you out. No. <laughs> Clint said, that ain't funny. <laughs> but I said, you're not, and her, I'm telling you, as I met with her a couple times this week, her countenance changed each time. And it's just the Lord. And Bruce, Pastor Bruce is just as excited as we are. I'm telling you, God has given us the city. Uh, he is the chaplain for the police department, and I'm the chaplain for the seniors. Come on, I'm talking, we're moving mountains, baby. Getting it done. All for the honor of the Lord. You know why? Just because we're staring at the sun. We see him and he moves and we move. And that way it's not wasted energy. We're just following the sun. That's a pretty good person to follow is the sun. Let's stand.